we're back. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. This is the B-Block, so we're going to talk a little top of the clock to you, a cooking segment. Tonight is Tuesday, March the 16th, 2021. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Top of the crock to you, and uh, early Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, good point. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. What day is St. Patrick's Day? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Shit. Yeah, or, you know, a day or two ago, depending on when this <clears throat> this podcast gets posted, but... Oh, yeah, probably yesterday, depending on when this podcast gets posted. <laughs> anyway, probably two days ago, because you'll be all hungover on green beer. Exactly. I've got some uh, good St. Patrick's Day hot takes for you in a second. Uh, before we get into it, though, I want to plug our pluggables... Uh, Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is ostensibly a baseball podcast. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. We really appreciate that. Uh, You can also check us out on Spotify and or SoundCloud. In addition, follow us on all your social media applications. That includes Twitter at DumpOnTheUmp. Instagram, Dump on the Ump, and Facebook at Dump on the Ump. I want to give a shout-out to folks that didn't get a chance to do this during the A Block. I want to give a shout-out to some folks who have been listening to us. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much. Columbus, Ohio, Austin, Texas, San Jose, California, Bend, Oregon, hi, Mom, Providence, Rhode Island, Hi, Eli. Hi, Eli. Uh, Cairo, Egypt. Uh, Hi, Egypt. Who is Mubarak? Is that Mubarak now? I think so. Seattle, Washington, Thomas, Bloomington, Illinois, Wontog, New York. Have you ever heard of that town before, Sam? Say again. Wontog, W A N. T-A-G-H. Where? In New York. In Long Island? Sounds like a Long uh, Island town. That does sound like a Long Island town. Yeah. Shout out to all of new, uh, new Long Island. New Long Island. New Jack City. Yep. It's uh, Nassau County. Yeah, How do you know it's Long Island? Good call. That's Long Island. Yep. That's Nailed Long it. Island. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right by the Biltmore Shores and Massapequa. Uh, Detroit, Michigan, Vancouver, Canada, Champaign, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, assuming that's Jeff, San Francisco, Pacific City, Oregon. I've been there before. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you have. That's right. We both did the Pacific City, Oregon. It's a good town. Yeah, Pacific yeah. City was great. We we loved it there, actually. Oregon Coast. I highly, highly recommend the Oregon Coast. Now, what was, was that? July? 
that you were there? Must have been. Or, yeah, June or July. June or July, right. If you ever get the opportunity to do it again, the Oregon coast is best in, like, September, October, like the, the fall. When season. the leaves are changing? Yeah, and the weather is, like, I mean, you get that good... Uh, Sometimes you get, like, crazy rainstorms, which is not so much fun, but then you just get to stay inside and play board games all day. Um, but it's, like, it's good, like, autumnal vacationing. The leaves don't change because it's evergreen forest. Right, yeah. That was the cool thing, was the pine trees going right into the beach, and they're like, <laughs> make up your mind, you know? No, no, that's what's great about the Oregon Coast. Like, what are you, a... A conifer forest or a fucking beach, you know? Right up. And then did you see the big rocks in the ocean? Yeah, big rocks in the ocean, huge sand dune. Yep. Uh, Sandy yeah. plovos. We, we actually looked at houses there just on a whim because we liked it oh, so much. Yeah. Well, Super don't, affordable. Don't tell my mom that yeah. you did that. <laughs> oh no, she's gonna hear it. <laughs> I know she's gonna she's gonna be like, oh, she's gonna recommend that you, you can move to Lincoln or Newport, <laughs> right? <clears throat> yeah, no, but I highly recommend the uh, Oregon coast if anybody wants, like, kind of like a affordable vacation, really, when you think about it, right? Yeah. Uh, Portland, Oregon, Brussels, Belgium, Richardson, Texas. Shout out to Richardson, Texas. I don't know who that is. They've been listening to us for a while now. Right. Whoever you are, tweet at us. Yeah. Lewiston, Maine, Spokane, Washington, Quincy, Massachusetts, Leicester, England, Brooklyn, New York, and Kerman, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those are ones that's fun, right? Yeah. Man, I would love it if we got big in Iran, honestly. Like, I bet you there's a hardcore baseball, like, underground baseball community. Yeah. Like, I'd really like to be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just like a chef in America. But in Iran, I'm a god. Right. It's like a broadcast <laughs> sensation. One thing, you know what it is cool, what I think is cool about Iran, they're really into Olympic Greco-Roman style wrestling. Huh. Like, the greatest wrestlers in the world often come from Iran. Huh. They, they kick ass at that Olympic sport. Uh, which is something I love about the Olympics, when the other, the other great, uh, like, Kazakhstan's really good. Those Central Asian nations are really good at at, res at Olympic wrestling. Um, it's like my least favorite sport. I know. You don't like it, do you? I no. really like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I can't... I, I'm not into... Like, we, we've, we've had this conversation. I don't like mixed martial arts. I don't like professional wrestling. But I really like the Olympic fighting sports. I really like watching judo and like taekwondo and shit like that. I think that's really interesting. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's a sport. It's not like 
I mean, yeah, you're punching, kicking the other guy, but you don't win by hurting the other person. That's not how you win. Right. Like, you're trying to score points by, like, manipulating your body in certain ways. It's a sport. Whereas, by that definition, I would say mixed, like, UFC shit is not a sport. Because you win UFC by just making the other guy tap out because he's afraid you're going to break his neck. Right. <clears throat> yeah. like, if you don't tap out, I'm going to paralyze you from the neck down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I think would be a good either movie or something like even better than movie would be something that we should maybe start is like a uh, underground fencing circuit. But, like, with real swords, you know? And so, it's like this thing. It's like all of these top fencers, but you can't make money fencing. So then we have this, like, huge underground blood sport-style fencing tournament. Right. In, like, I don't know, Abu Dhabi or something like that. Right. And all the top fencers come, and it's like you fight to the death, basically. Yeah, so like Street Fighter 2, but with swords. But with, yeah, but fencing, though. Yeah, I I, I got that. I dig that. Yeah. Fencing is cool, too, because they look like beekeepers. Right, but they wouldn't be wearing any of that beekeeping no, they stuff. Would be, they, yeah, I gotcha. I understood the, the brutalistic aspect of your pitch. I think there's something to that. Um. I think I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> Good movie though, maybe. Right, right. Did you ever see the Street Fighter uh, movie from like nineteen ninety two? Was Jean Claude Van Damme? Was Jean Claude Van Damme? Yeah. And who's the who's the main bad guy? Uh, oh, and I have to Google his last name. He was also the guy from the Adams Family. Oh, there's like some random super famous people in that movie, right? Yeah. A lot. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll IMDb it right now. Raul Julia is the actor's name who plays the bad guy M Bison, who is also uh, the dad in the Adams family that came out like the year right. before, and then he died. Like he was just getting huge, and then he died. But he was getting huge playing like weird character actors, which I think is a, a bizarre huh. story. I'm thinking of a different movie. Maybe I'm thinking of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, maybe. I don't know what famous people were in that movie, though. Because there's no famous people in the Street Fighter movie. Other than Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a Mortal Kombat movie coming out this year. Yeah, folks are really excited about that because they actually cast Asians in it. Mm, smart. The, yeah. The the original one had mostly white folks. Huh. See, I feel bad because, I mean, like, I had Mortal Kombat 2 as a kid, but I was always so much more a Street Fighter kind of person. I really like, liked Tekken. Tekken was cool. Yeah. Yeah, when Tekken was my game. And Soul Calibur. And then Soul Calibur. I love right. Soul Calibur. <laughs> yes. 
Soul Calibur took it to the next level. Right. Really. See, it, that's what I want to do with this underground yeah. fencing thing. It's basically we just real life Soul Calibur. Yeah. I always played really random games, though. There was one game called Ultimate Champions, I think. Hmm. Which was the same, you know, whatever. It was a fucking fighting game. It was on Sega Genesis. And I loved that game. And it never got big. And it was, like, uh, different fighters from different historical eras in history fighting against each other. So you could be, like, the Roman guy fighting against the caveman. Okay, let me guess what your favorite guy was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, You... We're really into the like Charlemagne character. No, I the, was like usually, Visigoth. I was usually the caveman. Caveman? Hmm. Caveman. Yeah, sorry. Uh, there was there was also like a Atlantis guy who was pretty cool that I was usually. Cool. From Atlantis? What do you have a net? He had a trident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw a game at you that maybe you remember. It was a kind of like Street Fighter II era. I think maybe it was on the Sega Genesis. And it was a claymation sort of of animation. And it was called like Clay something or other. I think I played this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have definitely played that game. I loved that game. What was that called? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking it up, but that game was amazing. There was like a snowman. You could be a snowman, clay, like clay fighting, clay fighter. Yeah, I played that game. That game was awesome. It got weird. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, there's like a Elvis impersonator, and uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, good call. That was a good game. Blue suede goo, yeah. Ichabod clay, weird. <laughs> so weird. Bad Mister Frosty. Who was I? I didn't like blue suede goo because he was the Elvis guy. Helga, Ichabod clay. I might have been just tap. Oh no, I was usually tiny, the wrestler guy. Like, what, 1993. Okay, so that era of video games, you know, in my mind is still the uh, fucking golden era of video games. Okay, I think that the best video game ever made is Mario 3. What do you think about that statement? That's a good hot take. Super, I mean, I think Super Nintendo. Strong, yeah. Yeah. There's a very strong case for that. I, I, you know, there's so many video games. I'm not gonna co-sign it right now, but I, yeah, like it's the best of the three of the of the original trilogy of Mario's, right? right? Easily, Mario Mario Two sucks. Mario Two's okay, but it's weird. Yeah, Mario One is Mario One's right. It's a classic, but Mario Three is amazing. Mario Three is a good game. Yeah, I, I, you're on to something there. 
I'm trying to think of a, a, a counter example, and I can't come up with one right now. Donkey Kong Country, also for Super Nintendo. I think that video games maybe peaked at Super Nintendo. That's the thing. Okay, so here's my question then. Because we'll have the or same maybe Mario thing. 3 was original Nintendo. Is that right? Mario 3 was original Nintendo, yeah. yeah. Uh, because we're of the same generation, right? right? And that's kind of like a problem. Because <laughs> the kids today, the kids today would disagree. Back in my day. Well, right, we're doing the back in my day. Like, yeah. saying Mario 3 from like 1991 is the greatest video game of all time. I think it is, um, though. What? I think it is, though. I think, I mean, it's a, you've got it. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying we need to be conscious of our cultural lens through which we're looking at. Right. Um, so here's my next question. Being of the same child of the 80s that you are as I am, what's your hot take on GoldenEye? Oh, love that game. Right? Because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to say that's the best game but that's like the most important game of my years from like 90 from middle school to early high school. Like that's the beginning of you get together with your bro friends and shoot each other in the head. Right. Which is all, which is what video games are now. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That, yeah, that's probably, that was probably the first of the multi-person shooting games for sure. Yep. Or and the, or the best of like, that's like. There, was, there was like, a plot. Like you could play the game as like you James Bond and you're trying to like beat the bad guys, but that's not how the game was played. It was you get your three friends over. Right. And you play each other and you shoot each other in the head. Well, that was the big Nintendo 64 like. You could have four players. Yeah. On the screen that was divided into four windows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I still haven't come up with a better example than Super Mario Brothers 3 for best video game of all time. I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's complex and difficult enough, but it's also like very straightforward, you know? Right. Right. There was a game I played on here you go. I I had a Sega Saturn. I don't even know what that is. Like, exactly. I was probably one of five people in America who owned a Sega Saturn. Right. In the late nineties. And there was a game I had called Mr. Bojangles. Really? Yeah. You are a guitar-playing skeleton, and you are the only good-spirited skeleton in this evil vampire's army of evil skeletons. And you have to use the power of blues music to change the evil skeletons into good skeletons. That was a wild game. That was yeah. A wild game. <laughs> what about that game? Is it Contra, right? Oh, yeah. I played a lot of it. Uh, well, I didn't play a lot of Contra. I played a lot of the weird sequel to Contra. Right. Where you could be a robot. 
Contra was too hard, though. That was the whole thing about Contra, is that the game was too hard. You couldn't beat it unless you turned on the cheat codes. Right. Yeah. But that's the classic, like, scrolling game, right? Which I really love, still love, right? Like, you're running from the left hand of the screen to the right hand of the screen, and you have a gun, or you're punching people. Like, Double Dragon. Did you ever play Double that? Dragon's a good game, too, yeah. Right? Like, I really liked that simplistic, okay, you run, and you got an A button and a B button, you have jump and, like, attack. And that's it. Right. One game I hated? Mist. Fucking hated Mist. Oh, I like Mist. Okay. I got stuck. Maybe I just don't have the patience for those kind of games. I would get stuck and think it's dumb, and then I would just give up. Right. I never solved the mystery of the island. Yeah, I don't think I ever did either. But I like games like that. Did you ever play, uh, I think it was a PC game that was made by uh, whatever the Star Wars company is? It's called Monkey Island. No, but I'm listening. Okay, go on. Dude, that game is good. You should see if you can download it from your... But it's it's kind of like Myst, except for it's like goofy and lots of jokes. But you're just kind of like... You're like a weird pirate kid, and then there are all these pirates, and you're trying to, like, you, like, pick up, you know, pick up a bunch of stuff, and then you put it all together to, like, solve puzzles, you know? Sure. There's actually a PC um, Indiana Jones game that I played that was basically just a ripoff of Myst that I liked a lot. What, say it again? PC Jones? Indiana Jones. It was oh, an Indiana, Indiana Jones game. Yeah. No. But it was just them doing Mist with Indiana Jones as a character. Right, and you liked it all of a sudden? Yeah. Because <laughs> I could solve the mysteries without... Maybe because it was easier. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, man. Video games are cool. I should get back into video games. Uh, Okay, I got two questions for you. One is about baseball, and the other is about cooking. Which one do you want me to ask you? Mm, Baseball first. Okay, so I've been watching a lot of spring training games, right? Probably an unhealthy amount of spring training games. Okay. I was watching the White Sox play the Cubs. This is actually White Sox meet Cubs. Uh, a couple of days ago. And it wasn't the White Sox uh, A-team broadcasting team. Right. It was uh, Rich King, who is like the radio guy, and Chuck Goldfine, who's like a, a NBC news guy. Right? <laughs> and they okay. were bad. Like, they, they seem like good dudes. I, I feel bad I'm going to talk to you about them. <laughs> did a bad job broadcasting this game. Okay. And one thing, because it's not their normal job, right? I'm trying to cut them a little slack. Right. Uh, but they kept talking shit about Sabermetrics. What? 
they kept talking shit about saber match about analytics. Why? About about advanced statistics because they're old and they don't understand baseball. And I was like, yo, they were talking about I quote they were talking about quote that Billy Bean movie. <laughs> right? Like not the book. Right. Not the book. The movie. Right? And I was just like, motherfuckers, it is 2021. Aren't we done with this conversation now? Right. Like, don't we have something better to talk about? Right. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. And it's funny because I, you, you read Moneyball, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a good book. <clears throat> um, and then, I don't know, it wasn't in, like, the initial release, but I think it was, like, in, you know, whatever subsequent, like, publishing of the book, he added, like, another afterward about how the book was received by the baseball world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's really funny because it's, like, he was talking about how everybody thought that Billy Bean wrote that book. He was like really. He was like kind of upset about it, you know. He's like, <laughs> he's like, all I did was like do all this like incredible amount of work to like put a Generally. fucking book together, Generally. and like you know, because like nobody in baseball. He was, I think it was, uh, who's that guy who just died uh, from Big Red Machine? Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, yeah, Joe Morgan, yeah. Yeah, and he was talking about this interview with Joe Morgan. Hated that book. Right. Who and they were asking him about the book and he clearly hadn't read it and he was just talking shit about Billy Bean for writing this book about himself that made him seem like such a genius. <laughs> I fucking hate it. And here's and I I want to come back to this at some point because like the other thing that goes on in baseball media is everybody freaking out about why aren't like new people coming to baseball, right? Why right. is the audience shrinking? And this has something to do with it. Y'all are just like talking shit about what makes the game work. Yeah. Um, and then complaining about why young folks, the young people today, and their damn video games are not watching baseball games. Right. And the funny thing is, is that like we are as qualified to like comment like we're as qualified as anybody who like talks shit about baseball on tv to be speaking about baseball because we do just as much research as all of those people on tv do which is like almost nothing you know (laughs) well okay i here's my next hot take about that we should start like in a twitter drive to let us call a baseball game. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Who's the call, who's the play-by-play guy? You probably, right? I yeah, I'll do play-by-play. Um and then you can do you can be the commentary. I'll do be the guy who like says questionable things that you have to then like move along really quickly <laughs> <Walk> from. <back. laughs> you know what the thing is about Asians? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just like gloss it over, you know? 
the, uh, but that also gets me to like what we need in the broadcasting booth is like one guy maybe who knows baseball and then like an entertainer right like that would make it better and then and and this is the other thought I had, which is what, like, I'm a big Jason Benetti fan. I think I brought this up on this podcast. Yeah, too, you do. You the, do like yeah, that guy. I, he is really good at his job. And uh, because if you say, you know, the problem with Guatemalans today is he'll walk that back really well. Right. Uh, <laughs> Um, I will say like, that too. I got a whole list of takes on that subject. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he, uh, he gets why people actually watch baseball. Like people are not tuning in to listen to old men complain about things. Old men yelling at clouds. <laughs> Right, but the old men are so sure that's what they're there for. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that just makes me so frustrated. Like, yeah. stop complaining about why folks are being chased away from baseball when it's you guys who are doing it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it's true. And the thing is, is that also, it's, it's like, you know, A-Rod is... I know as much about baseball as A-Rod. I will, like, yeah, go to the mat for that. And we're talking about this guy <clears throat> who spent his entire life inside of baseball. And, like, I know as much about baseball as that guy. You know what I mean? Like, that guy has no clue what he's talking about on the air. Right. That guy hasn't said, like, a single insightful thing on any of his broadcasts. And he is also... Not particularly interesting. I mean, that... Right. He's a boring that, guy. He doesn't have a great voice for TV. He, and he doesn't have a great voice for TV. Right. That, that's, yeah. And I'm not saying that I do. All I'm saying is I'm just as qualified for A-Rod's job at ESPN as he is. As he is. Yeah. Right. Did you hit 500 home runs? No. But also I've never, you know, but taken you steroids. But you about baseball if he does. Right. <laughs> I can go on TV and say something like, you know, it's better to have one out than two outs. <laughs> A-Rod can't do yeah. that. No, that's the <laughs> shit he says. He he's like, he's like, you'd rather hit a home run than a single. You know, like, I can do that. I'm as qualified to say stupid remember, shit like that as You him. would always rather be ahead by odd number of runs than an even number of runs. <laughs> Right, I wouldn't say that. What does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Oh, man. No, but... Here, like, I, I, I want to get back to this because I haven't thought it out fully yet. Mm -hmm. But there's this whole thing about narrative versus statistics. And right. if you are the GM or the manager of a baseball team, I would want you to not give a damn about narrative. Your job is to focus on the statistics and the facts because it's your job to win baseball games, right? So it doesn't matter if if uh, Jose Abreu is hot, right? Because there's no such thing as hot. It matters if how is Jose Abreu's OPS 
what's his exit velocity, what's his launch angle, etc. Right? That's your job as like the manager of the baseball team. Yeah. Wait, wait, let me finish and then and then go in. If you're trying to sell baseball, you need the narrative of Jose Abreu's having a great year in 2020, and he's 33 years old, and he might be the MVP. And this is a great story because he's from Cuba, and he's leading this young team of exciting baseball players on the south side of Chicago, and maybe they're going to be a great team someday. That's what you want to do if you're in the broadcaster's booth. But if you're in the, the, the manager's seat, you don't want to have any fucking thing to do with that. I don't know, now, man. I think that if you are doing everything by statistics, then you pull Blake Snell in the fifth inning of the World Series game when he's cruising with like a one-hitter, and then you lose that game. And then you lose that game. Right. That's a good point. <clears throat> He should have pulled him. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that, like, you play the narrative. I'm not saying you make decisions based on narrative. But I think that, like, you know, you play the hot hand sometimes. It's like, oh, statistically, Blake Snell, you know, fades after the fifth inning. But this is the World Series, and he's fired up, and he's fucking cruising. Give him another batter. You know what I mean? Yes. I do know what you mean. I don't know. Like, you've got a point, but I don't know if I agree with you. Right. It's, there's got to be a mix. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, things that have happened in the past are a good indication of things that will happen in the future, but it's not a, it's not a set-in-stone situation. Yep. I like what you said. Yeah. I mean, all you have in baseball is what happened in the past. Right. You have a large amount of numbers that you can crunch to give you a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the future, but it is not a sure thing. Yeah. Do you think that baseball as a fan base is hurting itself with, like, stat nodes? Like, with, with folks who go on the internet and are talking about Woba and XRR and all these advanced statistics, do you think that's alienating new fans? No, but I think that that sort of uh, obsession in front offices is hurting fans. Oh, why? Well, I don't know. I just am like watching what the Red Sox are doing right now. Um, and we've talked, I've talked about like the listeners are going to be sick of hearing me say this, but like trading away somebody like Mookie Betts, who could have been an all time Red Sox great and could have been there for a long time because he's so young with the idea of. You know, we're going to we're going to rebuild. We're going back to this like intense metric, uh, like we're going to have six regular outfielders. Nobody's going to know any of their names and they're only going to be there for two years. And like, you know, I think that like a team who's trying to attract a fan base has to 
as you said, sell that narrative, and it's impossible to sell that narrative if your team is made up, is a Frankenstein monster of bargain players who just fit in as puzzle pieces for a couple years and then bounce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the Red Sox fan base... You know, in the in the Rays fan base, there's so many more Red Sox fans, and it's not because Boston's a bigger city than Tampa Bay. It's because we have David Ortiz, you know? Right. Well, there's a long story behind that. I don't think anybody... Like, the, the decision to deal Mookie Bats is still a head-scratcher. Looking at it from analytics or not... Like, I, no, was, totally. And I... I financial decision right the Red Sox have plenty of money I think that it was more that Mookie Betts wasn't going to sign with Boston for a long term contract for any amount of money I think he was probably gone I don't I think he wanted to go and so they traded him because his good friend LeBron James was like yo Boston's racist right no because they tried to like sign him to an extension and they lowballed the shit out of him. They did. And he's like, no, I'm Mookie Betts. I'm the second best player in baseball. Yeah. I'm worth 300 plus million dollars. Yeah. And they're like, here's 110 million dollars. Like, you know, it's insulting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, so he's gone. And... Now we have a bunch of, we have a team that has no names on it. And, you know, Devers could be a name, could be. Um, Chris Sale, I guess. Chavis. Chavis is not, I don't think that he'll be a big guy. Bogarts is good, but he's not the best. Mookie Betts is the best. David Ortiz was the best, you know. Not a good situation, Sam. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. All right, so tell me about your Coca Vin. Oh, yeah, I made Coca Vin, which I've been pushing you to make. I've and... got the fixings. Okay. And so here's my problem I've got the fixings. I got to go out and get a bottle of red wine. I yeah. got to get a bottle of red wine that's got a screw top. That's okay. not a, a cork open. Why? Um, you don't have a corkscrew? No. You could get. A, you could also buy a corkscrew. I'd have to buy like an electric corkscrew. It's really difficult for me to open. The right. Cork well, one. they make plenty of good wine in a screw screw top bottle. So. Yeah, but I've got all this chicken. I got this chicken and these baby portobello mushrooms nice. and these carrots. Cool. And no red wine. But I keep looking at these chicken thighs. I'm like, I could just fry these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I made it. It was really good. I used the Julia Child recipe because, like, I read the Julia Child cookbook, like, when I was in culinary school and haven't really touched it since because it's so intensely old school. Uh, but it was good. Like, French food is good. 
And that's her, her, her bag, right? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's French, French chef for sure. So you put the so so walk me through this. So you got your chicken thighs. What do you do? You you drench them in red wine with chopped up mushrooms and carrots. You like well the way that Julia Child does it, which is yeah, essentially yes. You sear your chicken. Okay. You deglaze the pan. No, you you cook bacon. In butter. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board now. You cook bacon in butter, and then Wait, you... Wait, why? The bacon creates its own fat. Right, but it's because it's Julia Child. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and, so... then you, and then you sear your chicken in that bacon fat butter mixture. Gotcha, And okay. then you dump that what fat... Kind of does it have to be cast iron or can it be Well, raisin? the way that she did it, you did the whole thing in one pan. And I didn't have a big enough pan, so I seared everything in the pan and then put it in like a, you know, Pyrex baking dish. Okay. Um, so you sear the chicken in that bacon slash butter mixture. And then you deglaze the pan with brandy. And then, uh, and then I don't have any brandy. I think that you can probably just do it with red wine. Okay. Um, and then you just add, and then you add red wine, and then you add chicken stock. And okay. then you, you like pour that over your chicken if you're using a different pan, and okay. then you add chicken stock to like just go up kind of to the top of the chicken thighs, uh-huh. and cover it, or or you could put it in the crock pot. And and braise it. And the key is you don't want to cook it until it's falling apart, like you would cook pulled pork or whatever. You just want to cook it until it's super tender. Okay. Um, That's not very long in the crock pot. Yeah, I was... Uh, I mean, I had this chicken that my parents raised, so it was a little tougher than the store-bought chicken. Um, but it took less than an hour in the oven at, you know, 325. Um that's very hot. Right. Yeah. And then you... So you get all that stuff in the pan. Uh, and then you cook it. And then separately, you like sear mushrooms and pearl onions and carrots. And... Ooh, I don't have any pearls. Or you could, I, you could use regular onions. Um, mm-hmm. And then you... Like in your pan, and then you put chicken stock and butter in there and cover it and cook it until all of the chicken stock has evaporated and everything's like soft. Uh-huh. And then you take the chicken out of the oven when it's done cooking. You take all of the juice out, put it in a pot, and then you take butter and flour and mix it together and kind of like mix that into your stock to make like a gravy. And then you put everything together and put the sauce over everything. And then you got it. So it's mostly butter. Yeah. Well, that's like the classic French cooking way. Gotcha. Okay. Because I got all those fixings. I got my carrots. I got my mushrooms. I got my chicken. I don't want my red wine. I don't want my brandy. I might have to go get some brandy. That's the whole one for you, one for me. One right. For you, one. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But see, I just love my fried chicken. Uh, right. Well, that would be a good option as well. So I told you last week I had put uh, just every meat in my refrigerator in the crock pot. Right. How did that turn out for you? Pretty good. So I've got all the leftover meat. And then, so I took it, mostly pork, chicken, and sausage. I put it in a pan today, in a pot today. I cooked a bunch of pasta. And now I've got this kind of, I mean, it's not, it's pulled pork with penny pasta and tomatoes and beans. Right. Oh, you added beans to it after all. I did add beans after what you had told me to do. Right. Um, and it's good. I don't know. It's, it, this is my hobo pasta. Right. But Sounds I, good. I just took the shit that I had, and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I had pepper and cumin, and it's just like, I don't know. There's a utilitarian element to it. Right. Like, this is food. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it also tastes good to me, at least. It doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, it's it's basically pulled pork, pasta, beans, and tomatoes. Yeah. It's like bolognese, kind of. Yeah, hobo, I'll call it that, hobo bolognese. Anyway, uh, I highly recommend it. It tastes really good. But it's not something you would like, well, you know, serve a guest. Unless it's like, hey, there's there's hobo bolognese in the refrigerator. Help yourself. Right. Yeah. Huh. Do you have anything? Oh, yeah. So you have your chicken thighs and you're either going to go Coco Van... Or you're going to do fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else planned right now. I should get to my line. I should develop. I do, I, I'll, I'll do condor chili next week because I got some good ideas about that. With the pork ribs and the beans and the cumin. Yeah, it's all about that cumin. It's all about that cumin. This. But that's the only plan I got on the cooking front. What about you? Nothing planned. I gotta work. I gotta get a spring menu together for the restaurants, and that's a whole kettle of fish. And we've just been like so busy that it's been impossible to take time to kind of do that work, which is a very different sort of headspace than your regular prep, you know. How has it been in New York City reopening this this month or whatever? Um, COVID-wise. Numbers are going down. I think that I haven't checked it against the national in a while, but it was going down but slower than the rest of the country. So that was bad. Um, we're doing okay vaccination-wise. Our governor is embroiled in any number of scandals right now. Um, I want to say, I want to say that this podcast has you on record saying he's not a great guy. Like right. a year ago. I've been saying that for years. Yeah, I I know. I when this whole when his whole whatever it's sexual harassment scandal because 
came out, I was like, oh, we caught, Sam called that. Yeah. <laughs> called that. Well, it's a, it's the sexual harassment scandal, but it also is like the sexual harassment scandal is kind of obscuring the other the, scandal, which is that they intentionally death. fudged the COVID death numbers in nursing homes in New York State, which is really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, he did a bad job. Yeah. Like... Democrat should not be like lauding him. He was bad at his job. Right. Yeah. Which exactly. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, that's what you've been saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's what you said. Yeah. Anyway, since I was totally called that one, I should now be the governor of New York. Okay, cool. Uh what would you do as governor? You don't want to be governor of New York. That's what What wouldn't I do? That's like the third worst job in America. Like, think about this. We've talked about this. Who who decides that they want to be mayor of New York City? Michael Bloomberg. Uh, like, think about this. Who are the last mayors of New York City? I know mayor and governor are different, but Rudy Giuliani, where is he at now? Right. We don't know. He might no, he, he died of COVID, yeah. <laughs> okay, Michael Bloomberg. What the what the hell's up with that motherfucker? I don't know. He's probably just sleeping on a pile of money. Scroo- right. Scrooge McDuck Blasey. style. Yeah. And then Andrew Yang is running now. Right. Like Mr. Bitcoin bro. Right. Uh, Who's a very smart man, but I'm pretty sure is not. He's actually a robot. <laughs> right. Like, you don't want that job. <laughs> Only crazy people are like, yeah, you know, it would be a great job to be the mayor of New York City. No, the people who the people who are want to be mayor of New York City are people who want to be the president of the United States. Right, they all suck. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I would vote for you for governor. What would you do if you were governor? Well, first of all, the Yankees are out. Mm-hmm. They're in the minor leagues now. Right. Um, similarly, anyone who is a Yankees fan pays double taxes. Nice. How do you determine if someone's a Yankees fan? Facebook. You see if they're wearing any Yankees gear on Facebook. Um, don't sexually harass anyone. Good. I like that. Um... Let's see. What are some other things I don't like about this state? <laughs> I think that's good. I think I think you got the big four right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'll come back to you. Like, you kind of put me on the spot there. I'll have my oh, platform yeah. <laughs> together next week. How about? Yep. All right. So I got one more thing I want to talk about. Then we should wrap this up. Okay. So, um... They, like, you know, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, they did the whole restructuring thing. Right. And so the Appalachian League is now, it used to be uh, an associated minor league league. Uh, It's now a a college, like a college summer league. Okay. And one team, the, uh, of Danville, Virginia, 
They they used to be the Danville Braves. Uh huh. They are now the Danville Autobots. What? O T T E R B O T S. Like robot otters. Yes, like robots. <laughs> like a pun on the Transformers Autobots. Oh. Autobots. Right. And their mascot is an auto dressed like, you know, like the old school uh, Tron movie? Yep. Like it's an auto dressed like he's wearing Tron gear. Weird. Yeah. I'm into it. Was that like a internet poll gone wrong to rename the team? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, they, they did do an internet poll. It wasn't even an internet poll. It's combining... They, they've got some bullshits about combining the local wildlife with uh, their commitment to STEM technology education. Oh, right. Uh, but it's also that they, they couldn't be the Danville Braves anymore. Right. But uh, shout out to the Danville Autobots. I might... Otterbots. Otterbots. Autobots. It's got to pronounce those T's now, don't I? Autobots. Like robot otters. Right. Now I get it. <clears throat> I can't say I'm crazy about it, though, Joel. I'll be honest. Why not? I don't know. It's just like. You know, that's your name, and you decided to make a pun out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's it's your name. You should have a little, like, pride in your name, you know? So would you just go with, like, the Danville Otters? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or the Danville Autobots and get some of that Transformers money. Yeah, you probably get sued by the trains. Well, I had well, if you did that. <laughs> <clears throat> That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I wish they would have. I was, I was like Googling to find out what team they were associated with, but they're not associated with any team because they're a college summer wood bat league. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so that means that they can't have drafted players on their team? How does that work? Right. I mean, they're just doing... That's where college kids go during the summer to... Yeah, no, there's a there's a team in, in Vermont near where my parents live that is a wooden bat summer league. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I like those leagues a lot. But those kids aren't getting paid or anything. I don't know. I, I I assume they get paid. No, I don't think they do. Pittances. You don't think they get paid at all? I don't think so. Maybe, I Wait. think they get room and board, maybe. Huh. That's even less than, like, minor league games, huh? Right. Yeah, you're right. Amateur baseball. It's amateur, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's messed up. You should just go intern for your father's tax company. 
And also not get paid. <laughs> not get paid. <laughs> <clears throat> huh, I didn't know that. The Cape Cod Baseball League is considered the premier collegiate summer league. Right. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we're done. That was all I got. Uh, anything you wanted to talk about that nope. was uh, we did not address? All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's talk again. again. Facts or narrative, Sam? I'm not going to forget about this. It's got to be both. Got to be both. But what is your intention? That's what I'm saying. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Dump on the Ump, top of the clock to you. Ostensibly a baseball podcast. We talk about cooking. Uh, For Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow.